Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Welcome on this channel, Joy News, independent, fearless, and credible journalism. That is what we do. My name is Benjamin Akako. Now, as the 2024 election beckons, Ghana needs a tight 
monetary and fiscal policy regime as prescribed by the International Monetary Fund. Ghana, as we all know, is at a crossroads once again. What we ask are the needed tax reforms to address revenue shortfalls as, the, as against the tight expenditure in an IMF program. Well, we welcome you to the Joy Business Economic Forum, the pre-budget edition, on the theme, the 2024 budget, maintaining a tight fiscal policy and a business-friendly environment in an election year. Now, in the studios with me, we have Dr. Humphrey Ayimdaka. He's a known face. He is president of the Association of Ghana Industries. We also have Dr. Joseph Obeng, president of the Ghana Union Traders Association. Uh, we'll later be joined on Zoom by former finance minister, Seth uh, Tekbe. And later, we'll also switch to Studio 997. You know how when we have the simulcast, it's both here and 99.7 FM on radio. And there, my colleague George Wiafe will be engaging Mark Bidwabwaji, CEO, Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and Professor Ejapoma Jekidako, economist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. But let's start from right here as we set sail. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm joined by Dr. Humphrey Ayim Dake and um, Dr. Joseph Obeng. Gentlemen, uh, just to kickstart the conversation, I would like to find out, when you look at our economy currently, where we find ourselves, what is the picture you see? We've received the first tranche of IMF money, $600 million. <coughs> We're looking forward to the next one. Then there's a bit about, oh, we missed the deadline. We didn't miss a deadline. I'll start with you, Dr. Obeng. What is your quick take on that bit? Yeah, I think the IMF program brought some um, confidence back into the system. The first tranche right. definitely did some magic for us. Um, we, we saw some kind of um, stability, even though we were expecting that it went further down. But it was unable to pull down the other indicators, um, especially in inflation and then um, the cost of borrowing. That, th these are the areas that we, we needed uh, to work on. So whilst we are having a sustained... Um, these are the areas that we, we needed... Uh, to work on. So whilst we are having a sustained um, stability, um, we expect that it's able to bring down inflation so that it will make the business uh, environment very conducive. Mm. Uh, so these are the... Your initial thoughts. Uh, I'll throw saying to you, Dr. Ayimdake. Again, uh, good afternoon. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, as stated, colleague and uh, researchers, including ESA, and other relevant uh, researches that with the interventions of the IMF, there's some reasonability and uh, terms that, that there is a recovery in the process. And that is what we need uh, to aid the transformation of the macro space. Yes. And the next stage is that what are the interventions that will drive down the inflation basket to uh, bring about the PFJ2, which is one of the indicators that we balance in the forex rate and therefore we've seen some reasonability in the forex so we believe we can consolidate and to bring about the full recovery and then stability to know that in recent times to the full recovery and then stability to know that in recent times i mean you know the indicators that we balance in the forex rate and therefore we've seen some reasonability in the forex so we believe we can consolidate and to bring about the full recovery and then stability to know that in recent times to the full recovery and then stability to know that in recent times i mean you know the pound has hit 14.815 thereabouts the euro 12 plus up to about 12.7 last time i checked 
Inflation is said to, as December approaches, you know what will happen. And then the push and pull again, though we've done pretty well bringing it into the 30s. Is it still as reasonable as <laughs> we would want it to be? And these vulnerabilities has to do with our export trade. We still do largely primary export um, trade. You will need to look at the degree. Respectfully, we will know that there were outliers in the COVID year. Expect a dramatic change in the forex rate over the period. And secondly, you should realize that we are in a peak season. And the peak season here is Christmas. And, and the Christmas holidays that goes all, way, all the way to the first quarter of next year. So you shouldn't be surprised. We should rather be looking at the degree of depreciation and how its aggregate impact will happen. Mm. I don't know what your take is on, on those comments, but uh, Dr. Bing, I want to find out the business environment of the year. What has it been like, especially for the members of uh, uh, doing business in the country now? Um, coming from the last quarter of the um, most of our capitals got depleted, over 50%, and it is true. Mm. Most capitals got depleted. And so coming from that um, angle, and then we also having the um, IMF program with the new, new taxes that were imposed on us, alongside the old taxes, uh, many taxes that we have, have made cost of doing business extremely very high. The inflation, as it were, went to about 54%. And now that it has settled around 30, uh, 38, thereabout, still is not uh, even acceptable because inflation has taken or eaten away the purchasing power of the uh, consuming public. Business that we do thrives, of, uh, thrives on um, turnover. And once our turnover is curtailed because of the um, purchasing power of consumers being the, um, weighing down, it means that we are unable to service our debt and also do the business that we do. We are being very uncompetitive in the sub-region. The business that we do, we do not do in isolation. We do it with the rest of the um, um, member. Togo, Togo has a free port exactly. competing with them. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire has and all mechanisms that. and all of that. Here, and you are dealing with the high cost of borrowing, borrowing inflation, inflation, cost of goods, and all of that. And even from within here, we are also competing with the other expatriates who are bringing um, their money from abroad, which is even cheaper than ourselves. So then, um, ultimately, it makes even the indigents who are also trying to survive um, um, very difficult for us to do uh, business. Um, I've talked about um, turnover that is impeding the uncompetitiveness in the sub-region. Um, we are also being con um, uh, 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 have to contend with high um, utility bills. All these things do not help us. The VAT as it is structured does not ensure compliance and it's not helping um, the, the, uh, the growth of businesses. How so? How so? Um, Please explain. The VAT the, the rate of VAT is extreme, extremely high. Um, if you look at the 15% and then the straight levy of 6%, cumulative is about um, 21%. Until recently, 2021, we were paying a flat rate of 3% across the board. And so there was some kind of uniformity in that uh, VAT system. But now um, the VAT has been um, um, increased or uh, migrated to the um, the, um, the standard rate, which cumulates to 21.9, and then the flat rate of 4%. And then 
um, by virtue of a threshold, um, people who are not uh, made to pay the VAT, and it's also legal, and we are all compounded, confi uh, confined in one business space, doing the same business, making those people who have actually registered for the VAT payment um, unattractive mm. uh, for patronage. Because uh, don't forget that the VAT is a consumption tax. When you come to the informal sector, most of us use our own monies to pay at the end of the month because the consumer do not patronize those who are selling with the VAT of 21%, let alone even the 4%. But, 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 the but, but the only intervention I'll come through here, you remember that we've been told time and again that yeah. in the West African sub-region, uh, that rate is actually comparatively, in terms of GDP terms, it's, it's pretty low. And that comparatively, other West African countries have higher numbers, and so we have no cost. No, um, uh, those things that you say, I don't understand, because we went to the West African sub-region, with the Ghana, um, um, Ghana Shippers Authority uh, for fat funding as to the cost of doing business. And we, we, we were the highest among the, um, our neighboring countries. Uh, and it, it is true. And that we, we said that cost to, uh, tax to GDP in the sub-region, ours is the, um, the least. Yes, it is true. Because um, there's, there are taxes are not many as many as we do here. The rate of taxes is not high. Mm. It's affordable, so it ensures compliance. T uh, revenue enhancement draws on uh, compliance. And we, we virtually have um, the, this compliance because of the way we've structured our tax system. We have to adopt efficient and pragmatic ways of um, tax collection rather than piling the, the, the taxes on and on where people cannot even afford. And that, that has been the bane, that right. we do not even achieve our re revenue targets, even though the, uh, the amount of taxes is very high. Uh, just hold for me. I'll bring in Doc uh, shortly. But let me also uh, have join us via Zoom, uh, Professor Ejapoma Jeki uh, Dako. She, of course, is an economist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Prof, a very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners and your viewers. All right, so let's go for the economic jugular. When we bring you the academics, we want to go straight uh, at it. I'd like to find out what critical actions you feel governments can uh, bring to bear to rescue the economy at this point. We've seen it all, but what, what would be your assessment of what has been done and what else can they do at this point? Right. Um, so uh, we've seen, I mean, we've, we've gone to IMF and um, we've seen the gains that we have started making um, as an economy since we went to IMF. We've seen a bit of stability, even though we could um, do more. We've seen a bit of stability as far as our um, exchange rate is concerned. We've also seen some disinflation occurring and we started off at um, over 50 percent now. We are around 30-something percent, um, 38 percent. Um, so we've, we've started seeing the gains. We've seen that um, there's a bit of credibility. And we've managed to um, restore some credibility in our economy. So we are not seeing um, capital flying over um, as we were seeing beginning of the year and then last year. Um, we've seen that in the first two quarters of the year as well, um, GDP has been growing and um, 
hopefully by the end of the year we would see that um, GP, GDP growth is nearing about um, 3%. At least that's the projection that we are, we are getting. Um, so, so far so good. We are making gains um, from the IMF. Uh, my thing here is that we need to take advantage of the fiscal space that we've, we've, we, we, we have um, we've managed to couch for ourselves um, due to the fact that we have gone to the IMF. The fiscal space, we need to be able to guard it and protect it the way we should and then be directing our attention more to the productive sectors of the economy. And if I speak about the productive sectors of the economy, I'm thinking more about um, agri. I'm also thinking about industry, etc. So if you if you look at our economy and the structure of our economy, we are still very much agrarian, not in terms of um, our contribution to GDP, and not in terms of um, agri's contribution to GDP, but in terms of agri's contribution to employment, which most people are actually looking out for. And so we should be concentrating a lot on um, the agric sector. And we haven't done very well in terms of the sort of interventions that we move towards. Yes, we have planting for food and jobs. Um, good idea, but how aggressive have we become as far as um, that policy is, is concerned? Um, in terms of um, businesses, we also want the private sector to be controlling our economy in terms of um, providing employment and you know contributing to um, the national output. And that would require us to put in measures that would help us to um, ensure that the private sector is moving the direction that it's moving. Um, I had um, Dr. Ayim Dake and um, Dr. Joseph Obain speaking about the, um, the manufacturing sector, the industry sector, and how we can make businesses very competitive in, in our economy. And that's actually the way to go. At the moment, the levies that we have, um, if you take the COVID levy, the NHIL and the GEF fund, they are pretty much being treated as both consumption taxes and you know, production taxes. And that doesn't really give a lot of space to businesses, coupled with the fact that they are having to face high interest rates. Of course, as inflation, as the monetary authorities are trying to bring down inflation, I'm sure that would reflect in the interest rates that businesses are going to be um, faced with. Right. But um, if you top that up with um, the taxes that the businesses are saddled with, these businesses are not really competitive, and that makes it difficult. They are unable to... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. You know, face the imports that come in and um, it, it makes life quite difficult for them. Um, if you would permit me, um, I mean, I, I, I want to see more aggressive measures uh, moving towards um, the, um, the agric sector. I mean, infrastructure should go, and I'm talking about transport infrastructure, actually going towards the um, agric sector and we've had enough in the urban areas we need to make sure because that's the only way we would feel policy in the pockets of people mm. if we take in measures that would drive the prices of food down directly the pockets of people are going to be affected so my thinking is that we should prioritize infrastructure transport infrastructure to these farm gates so that moving from the farm gates to the urban areas we can have some declining prices and um, transport you know um, um fares and then that would reflect in food prices right. again i think that government should really sit government should be able to sit with the market queens you know and you know speak with them um let them understand that it's no more about how much profits they are making but it's also about the general economy so that they can negotiate on the prices um of goods and services that they bring from the hinterlands and that would directly influence or directly affect the pockets of people okay um food distribution networks we need to think about what we are doing with them we deploy national service personnel all the time they can be at those places and then we can have these market networks government can afford to transport the goods um at, at an affordable um cost in terms of transport and if people were going to these uh, market centers to go and purchase the the products it would mean a reduced um sort of some reduced prices for us so i i'm i'm thinking that we should be working more towards improving the environment for businesses and also improving agriculture as well all right uh, just hold for me prof i'll come back to you shortly on the macroeconomic indicators and what you think we should be looking at from there but let me come back into the studio dr uh, ayim Dake, you've listened to both of your colleagues at least those here who have shared their ideas yeah. in terms of the matter of taxes what measures do you feel can be brought to bear to uh, ensure that mobilization drive, that it doesn't affect industry? The Association of Ghana Industries, you've lamented over time. What, what can be done? Well, it, it, I mean, um, theory will tell you, and that's why the economists are part of this engagement. Theory will indicate to you that taxing productive sector excessively will, of course, hurt our output. 
and then it makes us uncompetitive. And once that becomes the case, you drive in a lot of importation. So the question is, how do you um, manage this particular situation? And I love to discuss this in context. I mean, we all know the story, the, uh, the difficulties over the period and where we are. How do we manage this and give future to our, our participants and our citizens? It's, the, it's our really cry and our being. So for the taxation situation, unfortunately, we've, we pledge all these taxes to the IMF and to the various debt structuring mm. activities that we've engaged in. Is that to say we're stuck with them? Well, as you've pledged it, that is the contractual agreement that you've signed with your partners. Mm. And you cannot, at this stage, uh, chicken out, out, out of that. So how do you go around it? So we were looking out in our research that how do we deploy non-taxable policies to create a conducive market so that the turnover that my colleague mentioned of will be guaranteed for government to rake in its taxes to pay its various bills. Unfortunately, what is happening now, as we are in the position of uh, excessive taxes on production that we're complaining about, and we've done this many times on the VAT and all the various tax handles once upon a time, what I think is that how do we deploy non-taxable policies? i.e., you have um, the Ghana Standards Authority. How do you use standardization right, to differentiate with the imports that are coming in to guarantee the market for the beverage industries, for the cable factories, for the oils that are being produced to maintain their market and still do their volumes? At this stage, we are being hit on both sides, excessive taxes, high imports, and therefore we are losing our market. So what happens to the producers here? They join the bad one going to start importing products to sell. So what other uh, policies and that, of course, impacts local production. Fantastic. So the GITC, the Ghana, um, uh, Ghana International Trade Commission, is one angle. The food and food and uh, food, uh, what, FDA. FDA, of course. So you could use policies in this space to galvanize uh, and create some form of um, fair competition for your producers in-house in, in or in-country in so that they can still maintain their market share. Currently, we're losing market share. And as you lose market share, there are two issues that happen. Government's revenue will drop. There will be no jobs created for our citizens. And then the impact is risks. So and, and you've forgotten another end. It could also mean that you know, those from other ends, the foreigners, mm -hmm. will take over more sectors of the economy, Absolutely. which means Absolutely. that uh, the sectors of the economy in our own hands. And yeah. that is already a very slippery that, slope. And that goes services. Look at services, Absolutely. for example. I agree with you. And that is why we keep using the word local content. content yeah. So therefore, the subject matter of using policy regarding local content also guarantees market. Mm. So they are not taxable policies, but they are policies that guarantees your market and gives room to your indigents to also put in their best. And we all heard recently about the uh, recent issue about the, uh, what do you call the refinery that is coming to town? Right. And the, the haulage industry mm. being taken over. Yeah. When you go on that tangent, you lose the local content aspect. And what happens to your citizens? So these are non-taxable policies that government could also deploy and use agencies to regulate and aid you create the market, maintain the market, so your factories don't lose out. Production of the agriculture space, the value chain don't lose out. So you realize that I'm moving from 
taxable policies to non-taxable policies in such a situation, in such a time, exactly. that we find it difficult because all your taxes have been pledged right. to the, the, the debt situation already. Mm. Uh, just a brief one. You've already mentioned factories, production, and all of that, mm. and, and your membership in the thick of that. Yes. How about utility tariffs? All right. What uh, has it done to your business? Well, in, 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 the reality is what we've got to discuss. In situations like that, there are two key things that go up. Utility tariffs and that of taxes. All right? So you realize that the tax situation, we all know the position. And utility tariffs, over the period, uh, power cost has gone up about 72%. And with justifiable reasons and uh, argument from the uh, operators. And also with the IMA believing that we not, uh, there are a lot of leakages. And you tell you that about 32%, both technical and commercial losses, uh, goes out of the ECG, and therefore we are not able to recover. So you realize that there's a need for such adjustment. So, yes, they are what it is now. How do you navigate the situation? And therefore, that is what our proposition is. Look out for non-taxable items. Utility tariffs and taxes at this stage, unfortunately, is high. So how do you navigate the position? Go for non-taxable uh, issues, and then let's navigate it and create the market. And then gradually, as the macro drops and then export beans, and then the, uh, the, the deficit position reduces, then virtually we can still go back to government and drive taxes down. Right. Nonetheless, there are other essential products that we still believe the tax element should be zero vatted. Like which ones? Like the sanitary Very part. Quickly. Sanitary part one that we've mentioned. Over, <laughs> over that is, you want us to go back no, to that? No, I don't want to go back to that, but the issue is that it's a way to still keep production on Right. whilst you still give them zero-rated VAT mm. and they can still create jobs. Yeah. Of course, for the for sanitary, production of sanitary parts locally, not imported uh, sanitary parts. Point made. We'll, we'll get back to that point uh, much later. I have to go yeah. to Studio 997, but I see you want to quickly react, yes. so please make it very brief. Yeah, I, I'm talking about government's own agenda of um, import substitution. How are they going to help the local manufacturers in this mm. regard? In terms of the utility bills and all that, I, I, I'm just from um, Nigeria, Lagos, right. where I visited their industrial area. Government have deliberately and consciously built a um, gas pipeline along their manufacturing lines, and then people tap into the gas, which is far cheaper than electricity. This is some of the things that we needed, um, the loans that we contracted to build for our local um, um, Manufacturers, so that we can be even more productive. So, okay. if you want to um, um, do import substitution, then there should be a deliberate government policy and contain um, the excessive importation that we do okay. by way of non-tax um, um, policies, like the, using the investment laws and all that. Uh, now, as I'm speaking, China Mall and um, China Mall and Chinatown have taken a chunk of our market. 30% of, of, of the market, just these two companies. And if you do not find a way, because they do not bring the correspondent fund also, how are you going to make them bring the forest that, that, to use it for that, that is a, That is a crucial point you make. And we can also look at the example of Kenya, where recently they were exactly. the Chinese because That's, of some of these same mechanisms. Well, I'll come back to you. But for now, let's head into Studio 997, where George Riafin, my colleague, is sitting with uh, some of our other guests to find out what their thoughts are. This is the Joy Business Pre-Budget Forum. If you can hear me, George Riafin, over to you. Chamber of uh, Commerce and Industry, and also on yeah. Zoom, uh, Professor John Gachi. So let me first straight go to and get the Chief Executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. 
The budget is going to be presented this Wednesday. Let me first look at what has been the level of pre-engagement with the Ministry of Finance. And has it given you any strong indication that the proposal that you put forward indeed will be taken on board come Wednesday when this document is presented to Parliament? Thank you very much. I, I think it's become a norm that um, prior to the budget, we are always called to present our input mm. into the budget. And I think a week ago or so, there was this prosperity conference yeah. that we also had an opportunity to re-emphasize on the input that we have made uh, to the Ministry of Finance. But it's one thing presenting this uh, uh, input. It's another thing, I mean, finding them in the, in the actual budget. Mm. A bit of disappointment over the years where we've had a situation where we've presented what we think that should be the case for Ghana, looking at the business environment and what businesses are talking about. Mm. But in the end, you look at the budget that will come out and it's, it's so heavy on taxes, mm. a budget that is supposedly uh, being support and to boost productivity, you see numerous taxes mm. in those budgets. And I, I think that that is not helping us. We have done that, uh, presenting our input. We are hopeful this time around, looking at the various engagement that we have had. And of course, we've also received some assurances from the minister in some of the other engagement that uh, they have heard our cry and they actually know the impact of these taxes on, on businesses. Mm. And for me, I mean, everybody now can see what is happening. Even if you are not uh, within the business circle, when you go and the prices are up, you could see that the one who is producing is producing at a higher cost, and of course it's translating into, into prices. And it's also obvious that if you look at GDP for the first quarter mm. and second quarter, you realize the impact of these taxes and other costs on the cost of production mm. of businesses. Mm. In fact, but for the services sector, all the major sectors that have the potential to drive the economy, the mm. industrial sector, the manufacturing sector, the construction sector, they all contracted. Mm. And it's because uh, inflation is high, it's because uh, interest rates are high, mm. it's because taxes are high. So when you put all together, basically they are not making any profit. Do, do I get from you that based on your engagement with the Ministry of Finance, be the deputy, be the minister himself, that these proposals that you've tabled, they are going to be taken on board and something will be done about that come Wednesday? I, I think that it will be in the interest mm. of this country for the proposals that we have tabled to be factored into the 2024 budget. Mm. Anything short of that will be disastrous for businesses and for this economy. In fact, when we are presenting a mm. proposal, we look at other institutions who also look at it from other angles, but mm. we look at it from the point of view of a typical business person, mm. which will require certain environment to be able to be uh, produced at a lower cost and be competitive. So we present our proposals along that line. In fact, the situation that we are going through mm. I should tell you that IMF will not solve our problem. What will solve the problem is to energize and stimulate the private sector. If we're able to do that, mm. we'll come but out But then it the comes situation. to my question about how do we do it. And again, I remember I've asked you this question before, and whether things have changed now, about who is going to fund the expansion or the growth of the economy. At a time that some will say that the international capital market is close to Ghana, other sources of raising revenue internationally has been a challenge. Even with our bilaterals, because of this current negotiations that is going on, it's difficult that we might get anything from them. It looks like raising revenue internally 
is the way to go. So some will say, now I'll be coming to Professor Gadget to also get his thought on this, that how do we deal with this challenge in funding the growth of the economy, in funding the expansion of the economy? Someone has to take care of this cost. Yes, so I'll look at this from both the revenue side and then the expenditure side. We understand that government needs revenue. We understand the situation we find ourselves, for which reason the government cannot go to the um, capital market to raise resources. But in coming up with a tax that will generate your revenue, you should know that whatever structure and whatever implementation plan you put in place will affect the agent of the economy, those who are consuming and those who are producing and the economy at large. In fact, taxes in some other jurisdictions are used to stimulate private sector activity. Our taxes here, the structure and the way it's being implemented, is not helping businesses in any way. Interesting. So you may be generating the revenue, but at the end of it, you are doing that expense of the private sector. That will rather give you the higher tax and also create the job for the people who are unemployed. Let me give you a typical example. Our VAT, proud to 2018 mid-year budget, the NHIL and the GET Fund were part of the VAT system, which for any business person, you, when you get it, it's input deductible. So after that, they deduct it and okay. it gives some relief to, uh, to businesses. Now, they separated it from the normal, normal VAT and made it a straight line levy, which become a direct cost to the businesses. And of course, they will translate it to whoever is consuming. So one of the things that we have asked is that they should go back and reinstate the NHIL and if they really want to uh, uh, help businesses and they get fund into the normal VAT so they can be deducted as an, as an input VAT. Otherwise, you keep on killing the businesses uh, uh, that you the, have. The, the, Some the, the of the taxes right? that we have now, they are not necessary. Mm. Nuisance tax. Nuisance taxes. Those taxes <laughs> were brought in purposely to solve a specific problem. For example, the COVID tax. COVID is way gone, and there is no way in the But someone will say that we, some monies were borrowed, and it has to be paid back. There should be an accountability. Do we borrow again to re refinance that debt, or taxing this see, might be the best way out? Billions of cities came in through the, the COVID, the, the COVID uh, Some were grants, some were loans as well. So they have to... Personally, I think that the support, support that they gave to businesses, they were not free money. Mm. I haven't heard anywhere the amount that they have been able to collect from those businesses that mm. they give the money to. Mm. Otherwise, it becomes waste money. Mm. And you come back to the individuals and to the businesses to tax them. So your, your structure should be able to generate the revenue mm. and should be able to stimulate the activities of the private sector. If the businesses are collapsing, you end up not getting the revenue that you want. So that balance that we need to create, the balance of government getting the revenue and also enhancing the activity of business, for me, we've not been able to do that, and it's not good for us going forward. Let me try and bring in Professor John Gachi, an economist as well. And, and, and Prof, one of the biggest questions or the concerns of businesses out there is that, listen, we are being burdened with too much taxes. But at this current state of the economy, some would also argue that how do we run the engine in terms of the economic expansion and growing the economy? Is that the expenditure cut thing might be the best way out? Or still, we have to raise revenue to support the economy, Prof? Yeah, uh, 
we have to raise revenue and we also need to manage our expenditure uh, but we cannot raise revenue uh, in a manner that will uh, become disincentive to consumption become disincentive to building a, a proper business environment at best uh, we can use fiscal tools to make the environment disincentive. Uh, I uh, we can also use fiscal tools uh, as a balance between meeting government revenue target or program and also creating incentive for the business environment. And this will come by through engagement with the business community, which I know some engagement has started, especially because uh, businesses have been complaining about uh, numerous taxes and some of the taxes being disrupted to their business operations. And when that engagement takes place, those engagements should reflect on policies that the government gives to us, especially through the budget reading. So uh, the need for revenue enhancement should not be uh, misconstrued to disrupt the environment for proper business engagement. Prof, and, and Prof, I, I want to also get from you the, the argument about the expenditure cuts and how it should be handled, especially in an election year. Should this cut target the waste in the system or how? Now, just from a few days ago, we had the people of line, even the member of parliament, as well, arguing or making a point that the Lajinol hospital that was broken down, it should be constructed or factored in the budget going into next year. Now, they have all these pressures there in an election year. Fiscal discipline will be a major challenge. With respect to reviewing the expenditure, which area should it target when you have all these uh, calls and push? especially in an election year, how should it be handled? Well, I, I believe the example that you cited is not, is not properly construed uh, because uh, it is government who decided uh, to rebuild the general hospital, pull down the structures, and up to this time, nothing has been done. So if there is pressure for uh, the hospital to be built, uh, that should be taken as a project on its own uh, and to uh, be executed. Uh, if government had not gone to pull down the, the hospital, I'm not sure uh, such a pressure will come. But I believe uh, when people are talking about expenditure cut, they know what they are talking about. Uh, they talk about realignment of uh, ministries uh, and then some appointment that will also go a long way to go. So it is not one area that you should cut uh, expenditure to create uh, the expectation of the people. So you look at one area, uh, you cut off expenditure, you go to another area, you cut off expenditure, plus making sure you bring efficiency in expenditure. That is what uh, is expected of us, efficiency in expenditure. Uh, if you have so much waste in the system, so much leakages in the system, and there is no frantic effort at ensuring that those leakages are blocked 
and efficiency comes into government expenditure and efficiency is deployed in raking in revenue, then we will just be going through a cycle and we will not find solution to our problem. But the point I'm making is that we shouldn't make the need to raise revenue as a mutually inclusive uh, idea such that uh, that is the only uh, you know tool left for government and government must do uh, every, anything possible even if the policy that a government is uh, rolling out in terms of uh, uh, raking in more revenue is inimical to business environment uh, is making the business environment very hostile uh, is making uh, you know uh, business profit eaten by uh, you know, various type of taxes, capital eroded by various type of taxes, and then the economic outturn. Uh, we have reduced inflation from 54% to around 38%. That is about 16 percentage point reduction. That has not impacted on cost of uh, borrowing. That has not impacted on so many things, prices uh, in the market. This is a concern. So uh, we, we we have a long way to go to address uh, the issue, but we shouldn't make it as if government has only one way uh, to go. And if government does not go that mm. way, uh, then there will be a problem. And what will happen at the end of the day, uh, maybe some of these taxes will be counterproductive. Uh, people commitment to payment of taxes may be reduced. And at the end of the day, uh, the tax effort uh, will not uh, yield much for us. Uh, so that is what I can com- comment on concerning the question that uh, okay. uh, you posted. Okay. Prof, I- I'll be coming back to you again to, to get your thoughts about fiscal discipline in an election year and whether it's a myth or something that can actually be realized. If you've joined us, this is the Joy Business pre-budget forum engaging the business community and economists on their thoughts on the 2000 and 24 budget are presented to Parliament this Wednesday. It's a simulcast edition as we are, we are engaging some businesses here in the studios of Joy 997. And also on studio, my colleague Ben Akapo is also engaging the Guta President and the President of the Ghana Association of the Industries. And here in the Joy Studios 997, I'm here with Magbedua Budget. He is the chief executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry on Zoom. You just heard Professor John Gachi. And also I'm going back on Zoom to engage a critical sector of our economy, the entrepreneurs. Salif uh, Gali, he is the chief executive of the Ghana Chamber of Young Entrepreneurs. Sharif, thank you so much for your time for joining us in our pre-budget discussion. And for you as entrepreneurs, some will say, what are you looking forward to? Have you even had an opportunity to make your input and how are things going with respect to any assurance from the Ministry of Finance that this is what you want and it will be realized. All right. Thank you very much. I hope, can you hear me? So, sorry, if you can hear me, I was just trying to find out from you whether you've had an opportunity to engage the Ministry of Finance in terms of inputs and what has the Ministry of Finance told you whether they're going to work or they're going to take your inputs on board. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Sheriff, loud and clear. All right, right. thank you very much. Um, 
So on the issue of engaging the Ministry of Finance, so we actually received a call from our mother body. I'm sure Mark and the rest of the team are aware from the Private Enterprise Federation that the Ministry is requesting the input of the private sector um, as they get towards the 2024 budget. But unfortunately, the time came very late. And as we always keep saying, input of the private sector, you need to make it, um, you need to give it a very a long time so that we can go through whatever policies you are proposing and then giving our thought. But um, I would lie if I say that we've not been given the chance to give our input and we have submitted whatever we, we have to the mother body, which is the Private Enterprise Federation. And we are hoping that this will be conveyed, same will be conveyed to the Ministry of Finance. So some of the things we are actually looking at, as especially coming from the area of young entrepreneurs, is just as Mark and the rest of the team indicated, we are also looking at tax incentives that are geared towards promoting or stimulating the private sector, especially when young entrepreneurs are concerned. Because the, the thing that we keep talking about is that if you want the youth to run sustainable and global competitive businesses, you need to be willing to take away some of the tax burden on them. And we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the corporate income tax reduction so that these young people can be able to reinvest whatever they make at least into their business. We are not saying that young entrepreneurs shouldn't pay taxes. We want to pay taxes because we want to develop our nation Ghana. But then the question is that do you want the young persons to collapse whilst trying to pay taxes or you want them to grow so that you can have 200 businesses or 500 businesses in future that can pay taxes for your economy to grow? So we as young entrepreneurs are looking up to that. We are also looking up to um, a very good framework or policy structure towards improving the infrastructure and the utility services in Ghana. Because it's very important that if Ghana, we are able to advance our infrastructure, utility, we are talking about electricity, water supply, and all of this that are hindering the young people and the startups who are starting business. If this can be worked on, then we are sure that the cost of doing businesses in Ghana will reduce and the young people would be able to do business. One thing that is paramount to us is that the question is that why are we still having COVID-19 levy? And why do we still have even e-levy? Knowing very well that our managers of the economy are telling us that um, we do not, nowhere in Ghana, in the world, I, I don't know, still have COVID-19 levy. Why do we still have it? We were told that the target for e-levy, we didn't achieve it. Why do we still have it? Because of this e-levy, a lot of young people are not able to do their business well. Because you and I know that. The Ghanaian young people are the ones leading the revolution and the innovation when it comes to online payment. A lot of these young people are running away from e-levy. And so if you are not achieving the target, take it off and find a better way to put it so that these young people can pay the same taxes. We understand you wanted all of us to be in the tax net. But if it is not working, does that mean that it should continue? So we, we want to see what other innovative idea this government is bringing on board when it comes to that. And then we also raise a very um, paramount issue that is with respect to USTAD, the almighty USTAD that was promised by this government. And I keep saying it. You don't come and tell the young person that I understand your need is access. One of the critical needs you have is access to funding. And for that reason, I am coming now with USTAD. And up to now, 
the actual use tax for the past two to three years have not been implemented. You can go and ask all the agencies, aside the prototyping that they did, and um, GEA using a component of World Bank support and calling it USTAD, the actual USTAD that was supposed to be a 10 million Ghana city that will be supported or put in a fund that will support the young people never materialized. Mm. So and so the Minister of Finance needs to tell us why. I, if you don't have the money, why don't you have it? Yes. I get, I get from you that for you, job creation is another major concern for you as entrepreneurs, right? And therefore... You still want something to be done in that area going into 2024. Looking at the fact that previous programs haven't created the required jobs for young graduates out there. Sorry, if, if you can hear me, I'm asking you about the. the I, I didn't. Yes, I didn't hear you at all. My, my concern is that I get from you that the, another major concern for you is that. You want government to do more when it comes to job creation going into 2024. Looking at the fact that previous promises and programs this year and even 2022 hasn't gotten the desired results. At all. It's actually, it hasn't even, not the results, they couldn't even start them. Mm. And one of them was a start that was targeted to create 1 million jobs. It was never implemented. There was a prototype. I don't know how you prototype giving money, but there was a prototype and some few young entrepreneurs were giving some few monies and then that was all. So it never materialized. And we would like to hear from the finance minister. Why is it that we don't have the 10 million we promised or we deliberately just gave the young people that Marvel, no, we're going to create 1 million jobs and support those of you who want to be entrepreneurs. So we really want to see why it never materialize and secondly we would want to see what plans they have going forward are we going to do it this year especially when it's election year or we are waiting for to do it during the election year so yes it never materialized and we want to know why and when they want to really really do the use that so i'll be coming back to you in terms of to look at uh, for you going forward what would be your expectation again going into next year, something that will give the young entrepreneurs out there some hope in 2024. Magbudu Abaji, the chief executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So, Mr. Abaji, do I get from you that it's just about taxes and if those issues about taxes are addressed, uh, pronto, everything is okay? Not really, but I think the main, one of the main issues is, is, is taxes. I mean, I think infrastructure is also very key mm. for, for, for businesses. Mm. And it comes back to still generating the revenue. Yeah, and that's so what we, I was, was going to I was gonna come so, back to you so to, of course we need to, to ask you, how do we fund that infrastructure? See, we need to prioritize. Because what we are hearing from, from government sources, it looks like the, the, we might not witness those massive infrastructure projects and all the rest next year being an election year because maybe funding is going to be a major challenge. George, we cannot do all these things at the same time. We need to prioritize. And for me, at the moment, what we need to do is to stabilize the economy, of which we have seen some level of stability. Mm. The other thing is to how we can empower the private sector. Mm. Once we get this thing down, and then we now look at what is, at, what is a, 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 ahead of us. Mm. So our focus now is creating the right environment for businesses. And you know, when you have businesses doing very well, when you have most of them making profit, 
then when you go to them for taxes, it will not be so difficult for you mm. or for them to pay to you because they understand the need for us to. So which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? For me, I think that we should now <laughs> be looking at the taxes <laughs> and empowering the private sector. And then it, it, what they are doing with they themselves, I mean, go to the mining uh, uh, um, centers. Some of the mining companies are constructing roads and doing some of this infrastructure. Mm. But if because of taxes they don't have the money, they can't do that. So let's help them create the right environment, remove the taxes that are not really working. In fact, we, we think that when we introduce more taxes and we increase tax rates, that is what will give it a tax revenue. Mm. It will not work. It won't work. Our efforts now should be focused on tax compliance. We have said it over and over and over again. The taxes that we have, if the GRA and the Ministry of Finance is putting a lot of attention on ensuring that those who are supposed to pay are paying, we will rake in more revenue than introducing new taxes. Mm. So we made it clear that in the 2024 budget, of course, we don't want to see any new tax. We have a lot on businesses now. Mm -hmm. And any attempt to just to add another one will be what, disastrous. What about re redefining or uh, 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 refined tax? of redefining, <laughs> hiking, like what I said, the, 20, the, the 2018 right? way mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. converting some... Uh, some of the VAT into mm -hmm. a straight line, that is not really helping. Mm. The question we need to ask ourselves is, have they been able to generate the revenue from these taxes? Mm. And have they been able to do an assessment of the impact of this straight line on businesses? We are telling them that it's translating into a higher cost mm. and making businesses unprofitable and uncompetitive. So they should take a second look at We are also obsessed, mm. I think, when we made mention of tax revenue. Mm. We have non-tax revenue. I haven't heard anything. And in fact, in Africa, just as they are making comparison that for tax revenue, we are below the African uh, uh, um, average. Non-tax revenue, we are also below the African, African average. Mm. But nobody is, made, is making mention of that and looking at ways to increase non-tax revenue. Mm. It's about tax, 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 Mm. And they add adding more. In the end, we end up killing businesses. Indeed, and not it looks like the revenue. major concern for businesses out there is about taking a second look at the, the taxes issues and how that could help improve their fortunes. If you just joined us, this is the pre-budget forum. That is the 2024 budget, maintaining a tough fiscal policy to spur economic growth in an election year. This is a Joy Business Special live on Joy 99.7 FM and also on the Joy News channel on Multi TV. Now, prepare for an exciting experience at the main fair of the 2023 EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center this Thursday, 23rd November to Sunday, 23rd November 2023. Doors will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day to welcome you. This year, we are driving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability comfort and luxury whether you are embarking on the home ownership journey or looking for upgrades the fair is your destination for everything house and this year's ecobank joint news habitat fair is in partnership with ecobank the pan-african bank and powered by the plant city extension project for cities and habits habitats that is rent to own and also sponsored by elegant homes and general construction